welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. This is Mark Hyde. And Chris Fuller. And on today's episode of Real Talk Christian, we have a special guest in studio with us today, ready to talk to us about foster care, fostering to adopt, and all the things that go along with it. And on top of that, there's a massive curveball to this story too. Fuller, are you ready to find out? Let's go. Fuller, welcome back, my friend. Up, buddy? How's, How's it going, man? Good. How's life in the Fuller household? It's going all right. Yeah, yeah. It's going real good. Bro, so. I'm going to ask you the million-dollar question right now. All right, probably. If you, if, if, you, if you mess up, you fail. That's it. Oh, okay. What if I don't answer? You're going to want to answer this one. When do <laughs> I get right, to man, see you up? again, bro? <laughs> when the stay-at-home order has been lifted, sir. Oh, we can't. We can't, the government is not asking us to do anything that's unbiblical, so we can't disobey. Oh, well, not, okay, so I'm a part of a Facebook group called the Reformed Baptist, I don't know, whatever it is, but they're raising like a hellstorm over there about the government shutting down the churches and we should be gathering anyways, and I'm like, no, it's just a whole thing, it ain't, yeah. But see, but you're the one who knows because you had it. Yeah, I did have it, and it sucked. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just feeling better from it. It was horrible. Oh, we, we were just joking a second ago that you've cleaned your, like, because you're, you're stuck. I mean, okay, so data recording, you're still stuck in your bedroom. Tonight is my, yeah, data recording today is my last day of quarantine. So I have top to bottom scrubbed my 12 by 15 room so that tomorrow my wife can safely come back in the room. And you can finally see your three kids. Yes, I miss them dearly. So other than, you know, I FaceTime with them multiple times a day. But yes, actually hold them, hug them. But there ain't nothing like play a, with them. There, bro, there ain't nothing like a bear hug from Fuller. Like yeah, I miss well, my I know. miss my Sunday morning bear hug from Fuller when I'm running around. Dude, I miss my hide hugs, See, man. What's up with that? Because I'm always running around like a chicken with my head cut off because if if if, if Mark looks calm during a service, then the, the whole wrong. thing just exploded. But if Mark's running around like crazy, you know I'm doing my thing. And you're always but like, Mark, always, stop. I always you find you me. to make sure to give you a hug. You stop me oh. and say, morning, buddy. And then you get my thing yep. and say, get to work. And then I go yep. off again. So Always, brother. Either always, way, yeah. dude. So I'm, yeah, I'm looking I'm looking forward to getting out of quarantine. So, Dude, I haven't and seen anybody fun. in our small group in like a month. I know. You know. We gotta do we gotta do like Zoom or something like that to get back together. I mean, I do with my team. You know I, mean? I Zoom twice a week and sometimes FaceTime multiple times on top of that. So I mean, that'd be great to even just Zoom and like do some worship together or something because I, I haven't seen anybody from small group. I mean, shoot, since you, I mean, the last time I saw you, what was that? Three weeks ago, I think. Yeah, three three four weeks ago I was mean, the last time I've saw, seen anybody. Uh, from church, so I mean, I see the sad. the worship team, but I haven't even seen our admin assistant for three. I saw her today because I swung in the church, swung in, swung in, stopped. You, you swung in. I, I popped in. I popped you and your sixth graders in my sixth graders. So I can't say like I, I can't say sixth graders. Okay, stop making fun of. It. I took speech say, therapy, bro. Yeah. Okay, I tried. I tried. I'm I failed. Just, I, I'm sorry, man. It was. <laughs> it, I understand, man. I was hooked on Pahonics too. I was hooked on the Pahonics. Did you just Brian Regan? Did you just Brian Regan? I that? did. I did. Thank you. At least somebody knew the yes. reference. <laughs> yes. Oh, the 
The big yellow one's the sun. Oh, I know that. The big yellow one's the sun. I know that one. (laughs) But either way, dude, I am excited to record tonight, but I'm not going to tell people why I'm excited to record tonight. We'll get into that in a sec. Because guess what, dude? What's up? I'm drinking coffee now. Yeah, buddy, me too. But, 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 um, I want to go to sleep tonight. So I'm committing a sin. I'm I'm drinking decaf. Ah, bro. I've drunk decaf for like the last like four episodes. Dude, this is like my fourth cup in an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. I'm like jittery right now. Mm -hmm. I'm almost as jittery as you were. You were with the dudes and dads podcast after drinking the uh, blue mountain jamaican we're gonna need to apologize to our guest here in just a minute for that though yeah, but, we... <laughs> but so i'm drinking i'm drinking my decaf dunkin donuts what are you chugging right now i am chugging the rtc roasted ugandan right now oh you're it's back to delicious. the ugandan i'm back to the ugandan yeah it's delicious man it's, i'm still waiting to try very, the ethiopia it's a very earthy flavor it's very bold and very earthy man it's very it's very good I still need to try the so, Ethiopia. I'm waiting for it, dude. I haven't roasted it because I've been saving it. So I, when I know we're getting back together again, I'm going to roast it just for us to drink for podcasting. Bro, yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, hey, dude, so, I have some good news, bro. What's the good so news, brother? We have asked asked people asked, asked people. <laughs> don't make fun of me. I have a speech problem, <laughs> but uh, and I'm a pastor, so put the two and two together. Um, but so we have we have requested the people <laughs> to leave us some podcast reviews, and the people have been showing up. The people have responded. The people have responded. So we have another one to read. Last episode, we read a Podbean comment. So if you want to comment over there, feel free to do that as well. You cannot leave reviews on Google or. Spotify, you can leave comments on YouTube, but Apple Podcasts is where we request for you to go and like, uh, give us the five star, give us a good review, because the more you do this, the better chance our stuff gets to get into the ears of other listeners. But And you can always comment on our Facebook, Instagram, oh. Oh. Twitter account, yep. and email us at realtalkchristianpodcast at gmail.com. Mm, that was so good. Say it again. What's that? What do you want me to say? <laughs> you ruined the vibe, bro. You ruined the vibe. But oh, either sorry, way, we have that. another pot. We have another review from Nathaniel with an I. That's literally what it says. Nathaniel. Nathaniel. Which fun fact? <laughs> I, we know Nathaniel. He's starting his own podcast right now with a buddy of his. Oh, right. He's been asking you questions about Tons. how he started. Oh my goodness! Going with it's ours. so cool. Um, it's about politics, so I doubt he'll ever have me on that one because you know me. Oh, so, but he perfect. says his review Nathaniel, says Nathaniel, I'm requesting oh, that I be on because you're very opinionated. I am very. <laughs> I like to point the ship and let the ship make up its mind. But here, here you go. So, um, his title is honest, informative, and real. Um, I don't listen to podcasts much, but when I have time, I love listening to Mark and Fuller explaining the Christian life. In a world where there is a lot of confusion and fake news, this podcast stands firm on solid biblical foundation. So, Nathaniel with an L, thanks for leaving us that review, bro. I appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, we got to get you your RTC mini swag. Your bag RTC now. mini swag infested with COVID because that's how much COVID. we love you. We share Jesus and our germs with you, bro. That's <laughs> better what, to give than to receive. <laughs> that's it, dude. That's it. Well, hey, I want to go ahead and jump in if that's okay. Let's, not let's too do much it, banter because we have a guest with us today. Um, you might not know her yet, but after this, I promise you, you're going to want to follow her on Instagram because she has an amazing story to tell. But we have Beth from the is, is is it snyder or schneider 
Schneider. The Schneider ladies. Yes. Awesome. Well, Beth, we are so excited that you decided, well, not decided, we more requested and you said graceful. Great. We begged. We begged. Slightly. No, but, but we asked, we reached out and you said yes. So here we are. I'm happy to be here. It's so cool. Well, hey, so um, a lot of people don't know your story yet. Um, in fact, I was just introduced to your Instagram account about maybe three weeks ago, maybe a month ago from another friend of ours who actually does the outro voice. Nicole Hobbled, um, she's also a foster mom, and she's like, okay, Mark, you think I'm nuts? Check this lady out. Like, she's your <laughs> age, and she's got five. Oh, yes. and the curveball that we at the beginning is, oh, yeah, and she's single, so she's rocking a single mom life with five kids. And I'm like, yeah, I struggle with two. So, yeah, yeah. Say, I struggle with three and being married, so I'm a little perplexed. You struggle with your, You struggle with yourself, bro. Let's just be honest. I, let's be honest, I do. <laughs> I love it. But, no, so, Beth, give us the background. Give us the scoop. Who is Beth Schneider? Oh, well, that's a loaded question, but um, – well, like you said, I am a single mom. I am no longer fostering. I closed my home when my youngest was adopted um, a month ago. And so now I'm just living life without, you know, somebody telling me where to put medicine and lock in every cabinet there is. So um, I am just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. That's I, like I said, a loaded question. But well, So how about this then? So how old are you? How many kids have you adopted? Where okay. are you born in your background? How about those four questions? Okay. Um, I'm 28. I have five kids. I have, they're all girls. Their ages, Ava is eight. Sadie is six. Nora is three. Mia is 20 months. Lucy is 16 months. And you forgot. Well, and the I dog. I just got anxiety. I just got anxiety <laughs> from hearing those ages. Fuller. And she has a dog, bro. Oh yeah, like, that was a mistake, but whatever. <laughs> I got a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and a six-month-old, and I'm like, I'm ready to pull out my hair. <laughs> and you go to a job yeah. every day, dude. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. You, uh, you're up there with Jesus status now. I mean, you're pretty, just under, just under. But you know, it's, that's that's pretty impressive. You just sainted Beth. Well, it's not a cakewalk, that's for sure. But they're fun goodness so so where are you from because you're not from south bend indiana like we are no but i am from indiana wait no yes i what? am yes what, i was born from? in illinois but i was raised in indiana in martinsville <gasps> no north of bloomington yeah yes. Yeah. Oh, we know She's Martinsville. A you're a Hoosier. That's, that's where we already know we're gonna love you well now. back up <laughs> bro aren't you like a like like a michiander like, aren't you? I, I, I'm a Michiander for real because I, I grew up part of my life in Indiana, part of it in Michigan. I've been like, well, I think I've had a little bit more time in Indiana now because I've been in the Indiana area yeah, for yeah, I, I call five that. years. So. I mean, I'm originally from Northwest Indiana and then moved to South Bend Junior High. But Beth, you're a Hoosier. I you're am. a Hoosier. I All am. right. And where are you currently at now? I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee. Dude, that's, that's the other uh, man. She's perfect. She's. For all you single guys out there listening, I mean, if you can have five kids and a dog, I mean, she's a Hoosier. She was born and raised a Hoosier. Well, she was born in Illinois, but raised a Hoosier, and then now she lives in Tennessee. Like, that's that's God's country right there. I'm just saying. No, that's <laughs> Where the sweet tea flows like milk and honey. Oh, yeah. Yes. I love it. Oh, my goodness. So, so what Anyways. brought you down to Knoxville? 
Uh, I went to Bible college down here and my Bible college internship, uh, I was an English major and my English major education uh, internship turned into me randomly teaching Latin at a Christian school down here for oh. a few years. <laughs> Latin. Okay. Yep. Hmm. It was fun. I'd rather teach Latin than English now. But I ended up staying here, and then about a year after college, started um, the process of becoming a foster parent, and then got stuck here. <laughs> no, oh, I love it here, I though. love it. Now, and so I'll get into that when you felt called to be a foster parent. But are you still working right now? Um, I am not. Okay. So we are blessed with the way some adoptions are are handled. They give you adoption assistance depending on your child's circumstances of adoption and all of my children, my oldest two were adopted together. My oldest has a special needs of cerebral palsy. Um, it's hemiplegic. So the right side of her body is affected. She's, she can walk, but she also uses a wheelchair a lot. Um, and then, but the oldest two were sibling adoptions so the special needs and sibling adoption qualified. And there are qualifiers. And this is something that people always ask me. So I'm used to answering this, but, um, and then it, other qualifiers, my other three were all individual adoptions, um, but they were all born uh, exposed to drugs in utero. So oh, that qualifies okay. them with um, severe abuse in the state of Tennessee. Now each state is very, very different, but with that, we're given adoption assistance, which is kind of like the stipend. So that right now just pays the bills. So we have a lot of therapies and a lot of appointments. And so right now I'm, used to doing about 14 appointments a week. Wow. What? So, yeah. 14 appointments? Yep, that's pretty wow. typical. I mean, right wow. now I'm loving this social distancing because I can cancel everything and we can just be home and it's great. <laughs> You're like, this is a vacation. <laughs> it is. It really is. <laughs> that's amazing. Wow. So, yeah, we have hmm. lots and lots of therapies with um, their diagnosis, which four out of the five are diagnosed with um, NAS, which stands for neonatal abstinence syndrome, which means they were born um, with withdrawal symptoms of being exposed hmm. to drugs in utero. Hmm. Now, can I ask, I mean, yeah. and feel free to say no to any of the questions because I don't know yeah. what type of privacy acts there are out there for, for this. Oh, yeah. um, but do they still struggle with some of that? Like, like how does that roll into today's world? Um, so every situation is very different just because it depends on what type of drug, what time um, in the pregnancy they were using, what other prenatal care, what other factors. So it, every case is very different, but it's something that follows them for basically their whole life. Um, my three-year-old, who she's also a redhead, she was literally the perfect baby, did not have very many symptoms at all. And then she hit about 14 months old and kind of turned into a little terror. Oh, wow. <laughs> and she has a lot of impulse control issues. And she's just very, very stubborn and very hyper focused on situation on, um, you know, situations like bedtime. I had to put them to bed a little early tonight to make sure she was asleep before y'all called. <laughs> So wow. she gets out of bed like 18 times a night. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so, but, but homegirls, um, I mean, homegirls are ginger too. So, oh, yeah. It goes deep into her soul. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. She's a mess. Um, but yeah, every kid has different symptoms. So, my youngest, Lucy, has a lot of sensory avoidance 
things. So she was, she is an OT to learn how to kind of cope with sensory, her sensory needs. So like we were playing outside tonight and I had to just hold her and swing her because she was overwhelmed with just the busyness of outside. So, wow. Yeah. Hmm. So, you know, obviously you're, you've got a lot of things that you're dealing with, with raising one, just having five children, five girls, and then you have this on top of it. What, uh, how were you raised and, and what kind of prepared you to be, um, semi-ready based on your childhood for, for what you're going through right now? Um, so my childhood, um, I was raised as a ministry child. My parents are both Christian school teachers. Um, so I was raised in church and everything. Um, and then I had some cousins who had special needs. Um, and then when I was 15, those cousins, well, my aunt and uncle, the parents of them, uh, wanted to adopt a little girl that had the same special needs as their biological children. It's a very rare disease. Um, it's called arthritis. Um, and they asked me to go with them to Ecuador to help them out with their children as they adopt, as they went through the adoption process for their, um, their daughter, Cora. So I went with them to kind of help out. And so they are, they walk, but they use a wheelchair a lot and they have some limitations when it comes to physical activity and stuff. But, um, I was able to kind of just, I don't know. I really think God used that in a big way, but the biggest part of this story is that I was got to stay in an orphanage in Quito for five weeks, working with the kids there and obviously helping out my aunt and uncle, but we got to spend a lot of time in the orphanage. And I remember holding this six week old little baby and she has very similar, each part of her story is somehow seen in my kids' stories today. Um, hmm. Even down to her name, uh, she had, my, I've changed all my children's name for safety or whatever reasons. And she had the same name as one of my daughters. And so I just remember sitting there and I could even tell you it was two weeks after the Colts won the Super Bowl in 2007. Um, and I remember looking at her and I just, it was like God confirmed it in my heart right in that moment that mm. I would be working somehow in orphan care for the rest of my life. And so instead of going to an orphanage, you just opened up your home. Right. I mean, the funny thing is when I was graduating college, um, I was really trying to move overseas, but God just kept closing all the doors. Um, I have a minor in um, teaching English as a second language. And so I had a couple offer job offers and um, I was just kind of in a pivotal point of my um, walk with God about like the denomination of church I was going to and um, just kind of stepping out of the one I was raised in. And I just didn't understand. I just didn't feel confident or even have the ability to figure out how to do like deputation or even how that looked in different, um, a different world and uh, denominations and stuff. So I, um, God just kept closing each door that I tried to walk through and I was really frustrated about it because it was like, I know this is what I'm supposed to do. Why am I not allowed to do it? Like, why is God telling me no? So, mm-hmm. yep. So, so wow. to go off that, if you don't mind, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember yeah. some of the posts that I've seen over the last few weeks. Um, I feel like you mentioned somewhere that um, 
your heart was pricked during one of your pastor's sermons or something like that? Yeah, the church I was going to at the time, uh, a friend of mine, he is the executive director of a crisis pregnancy center here in Knoxville. And he was preaching at church for the Sanctity of Life Sunday. And he was, you know, talking about, you know, abortion and pro-life. And he was like, but being pro-life is not just being pro-birth. And he was just sharing stories about people that they've been able to help and they followed through and um, just, I've been exposed to foster care for years. My grandparents adopted four kids out of foster care when I was five mm. years old. Um, they had oh, wow. six biological and all of them were moved out of the house and then they adopt, they did foster care and then ended up adopting four a siblings <laughs> out of four. Um, wow. and my mom's the oldest of the 10 of them. And, um, both of my, both sets of my grandparents are, are pastors as well. So, um, yeah, I just, it wasn't something I was ever interested in because like the cliche thing that I hear people tell me all the time, I just did, I couldn't do it. I couldn't have them in my home and then give them back. That would be too painful. Yeah. We get too attached. So is that why you stepped into fostering to adopt was so that way you can give um, them that so actually, security? I never intended to adopt. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So I, <laughs> you don't I intend to and then, Oh, there's five. Sorry. I said, it's just funny where it's like, I didn't want to adopt. Oh wait, I have five now. Oh yes. God right. has a sense of humor. I swear I'd never teach. And then God was like, you're going to teach now. Cause no, I was never saying never. Let's say moral of <laughs> okay. the story. So, um, yeah, I went into it. Like I still thought I'm going to end up on the mission field, uh, foreign mission field, working in an orphanage. I'll just foster right now because, hey, I have an extra bedroom in my apartment. It's only 700 square feet, and it kind of smells like pot from my neighbors. But, you know, <laughs> I perfect have room. I've got perfect time. environment. Oh, yeah. It was a really classy place. Hmm. Um, so I really had no intentions of adopting. I said to my mom and dad, I was like, I'll adopt when I'm older, married, and more financially, you know, equipped to handle this huh. and again god laughed and said nope <laughs> watch this so i yeah i actually have never sent a kid back wow that seems weird but um i've never had a case where they were able to go home or go mm -hmm. oh hold on beth you break your you're sound like a robot for a split second <laughs> Oh, no. You still there, Beth? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, there we go. Okay. Uh, you, <laughs> last thing we heard was you never had to give them back. Oh, yes. So I have never had a case that would, um, and that had, and oh, sorry, I never had a case <laughs> that was able to go back home. So I had one foster placement before um, any of my girls, but she was in my home for less than 48 hours. So she was considered what they call respite. And so I was just a temporary placement, but all of my long-term placements have all stayed. So, wow. um, yeah. So God has obviously given you a heart for um, uh, adoption, obviously, because you adopted five. Yes. Did the foster to adopt. Uh, what, uh, how do you show the kids, your kids, the love of Jesus and how would you encourage others that are maybe thinking about adopting or fostering or fostering to adopt 
uh, how Jesus can be shown by doing that? I think um, the biggest thing that I see um, in comparison um, of just how I parent and how I've kind of looked at this, um, Jesus, when he called his disciples, he went and he met them where they were. And when you foster these the kids that are exposed to the trauma and that experience this trauma, it's hard. This is not just, oh, these are my kids and we're all a happy family now. That's not how it works. I mean, my um, second oldest, Sadie, for the first um, six, six or seven weeks, she just screamed the whole time. She was miserable. I was miserable. We didn't like each other. <laughs> and then as soon as she finally took a chill pill, my oldest, Ava, was like, and my turn. So, I mean, and they were four and two when I got them. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus came in and he he dealt with all, I mean, I just think about Peter. I relate a lot to Peter. I've got a big mouth. And... <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. Um, With Peter, you know, he constantly was doing stupid stuff all the time. And Jesus was kept being there and kept loving him through it. And even just throughout parts of his story that it was just frustrating for us as readers to just be like, what is your problem? Jesus was always there to just kind of gently guide him back or even just to call him out. And that's kind of how I've approached my girls is like, I can't expect them to just be able to be parented like I was because I was raised in a healthy home with loving parents who never abused me. And, you know, I always had people that loved me in my life and not that my children weren't loved by their biological parents, but they weren't in necessarily a safe place. And that's kind of how I've approached it. Like I have to meet them. They have a lot of emotions and they have a lot of fears and they have very, um, they're not able to grasp all the concepts of it, but I can meet them and I can just kind of wallow with them in their, in their hard, in the hard places. Hmm. Okay. I'm just stunned. This is cool. Keep going. Fuller. (laughs) Uh, I was just going to ask, uh, so what are some of the spiritual struggles that you deal with? Uh, you know, I believe that Satan is always trying to attack us, um, to, to divide us and to get us uh, away from fellow believers. How do you stay connected to what Mark and I like to call our tribe, uh, that, that core group of people that you can uh, rely on and that encourage you and that you can give encouragement? How do you stay connected with those, with dealing with five five girls that have, uh, medical needs. And, and like you talked about how busy you are, you have 14 appointments to go to every week. How do you stay connected um, with your your tribe um, in, in this type of situation? Yeah. So my tribe has, you know, obviously changed over time. And um, especially when that's like the n- biggest thing I struggle with, just throwing that out there is like my community and my tribe changed drastically um, Mm -hmm. in that first year fostering because some people just it's hard for them and so they just kind of slowly back out and then people step up and that's it's really cool to see other people kind of step in and love on your kids and just people like helping and loving on my kids 
was just God's way of saying, you're not in this alone, because that's probably the biggest struggle. The spiritual struggle is um, doing it alone is, you know, Satan really likes to attack on your insecurities. And um, just one of the things I've struggled with is just thinking that I'm a very unbalanced parent for them and thinking like, you know, how our parents always seem to be opposite. You know, always, we always knew which parent to ask what question to. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I'm always afraid that my kids are not getting that rounded parenting, but, and that's something that Satan really has preyed on me about because of that fear. And my parents are very opposite people. So that's something I just kind of, I've always thought about, mm-hmm. but having people in my life to encourage me and just speak life into me has been the best thing. And just to remind me that I am doing God's work and that Satan is the enemy and that he's trying to turn things against me. I did the fervent Bible study right before, right as I was doing my classes for foster care. And oh, that yeah. prepared me so much to kind of, I, I mean, I still fell a lot throughout this journey, but to kind of be able to take a step back and be like, it's not my kids. It's the enemy using my, this situation to blame, to use the blame to be shifted on them. Right. That's cool. And I just want to say this for, for listeners right now, we'll make sure that that fervent Bible study, uh, fervent by Priscilla Shire. Is that correct? Yes. All right. So we'll make sure that's in the show notes. Yeah. So that way people are ready to go. But yeah. no, no, keep yeah. going unless I cut you off. No, I just, with the people speaking life into me, I actually met a girl. We're literally six months apart. She was single. We met in fostering classes together. Now her journey took a different turn and she's not fostering anymore and she never adopted, but um, she is a huge part of my life and she's able to kind of speak life into me. I remember I was really, really struggling um about nine months in and we went on to a beach vacation together and with my two oldest and she was able to be like hey beth you need to take a step back you're being a little crazy um she called me out like i needed to be and she just is like you're freaking out about all the little things and those aren't the things that they need they need to see that you love them even if they do spill this and do that. I'm a perfectionist and that's been a huge struggle for me with five kids. Oh, <laughs> like I can imagine. Perfect yep. in this house. <laughs> so hmm. yeah, just having people to kind of call me out and to also then speak life into me and not just because I mean, I can call myself out, but then I'm not really great about I'm like picking myself up and speaking life into myself because I just get really down in the dumps. But people speaking life to me and reminding me that I'm doing the Lord's work and that this is not done in vain and that I am fighting the good fight. That's been the best for me. Hmm. Yeah. That's, that's really good. No, that's cool. Uh, So I've got a, I've got a follow up personal question for you. It's something that I'm sure our listeners are thinking about and I'm sure you've been asked before, but you know, you're, you're 28 years old. You've got five kids under the age, if I believe you said six or eight. What, eight. What, what, how old is your oldest? I'm sorry. Eight years old. Eight. So you got five under eight. When do you find time to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is, oh, I just have to say, the Lord is so good to me. I have kids that actually sleep. Hey. Well, that's I, good. 
Oh, yes. My oldest two were probably the hardest to get into a good sleeping pattern. Um, With Sadie, with her screaming for that first six or seven weeks, it took me hours to get her to sleep. But Mm. other than going through withdrawals at the beginning, my kids have slept very early on. I had all the younger three where I got all his babies um, all within a month of their birth. And they've all slept through the night really quickly. That's awesome. Wow. And it, I really think it was just the Lord because I am not a happy person without sleep. <laughs> I don't think any of us really nope. are. <laughs> I'm no, like so, extra grumpy. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same way. If I don't have at least at least six hours of sleep, I'm I'm very grumpy person. Yeah. All right. So so my next question is, you know, you're you're busy with with these five kids. Uh, you're single, obviously. Uh, most people like to have a relationship, maybe date. Uh, do you yeah. find time for that? Do you want that? Are you okay with being single? Bro, you put yeah. her business out there for everybody? I, oh, it's, it's, real, it's, real, it's real talk, Christian. That's the way we do it. We all know <laughs> Homegirl watches The Bachelor, so you know. <laughs> I, I know. I'm figuring that, that because <laughs> if she, she watches The Bachelor, that – you probably want to eventually find <laughs> Mr. Right, right? Well, I mean, that would be ideal, but um, I've I've actually probably, well, I don't have a great dating history. I don't know why, but I my parents are very strict on us growing up with dating, and then when we got I got to college, and I was like, nah. <laughs> um, I went to a very, very, very conservative Christian college, and I just I'm not necessarily i was raised like independent fundamental but fundamental oh you're in the right camp hell yeah yeah. (laughs) i'm an ex-fundy too i went to pensacola christian college so i understand yeah i went to crown (laughs) college no you didn't (laughs) yeah Yeah. my sister went to pensacola oh i went to i went to northland international university was northland bible college before i I was there right at it's a fun store i was there right before it shut down Oh yeah, yeah. I was part I of the marketing firm almost, that drove it to the ground. I almost went there, and I was kind of pushed away from it because it was getting "quote unquote" liberal. So, oh, well, that's um, why I went to it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my parents, and my then parents I joined the marketing actually, team that fueled a lot of that. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I love it. My parents actually got—they um, met there. That's where they met. So they're both graduates. Wow. Yeah. Wait, graduates of Northland? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Small world, Mark. Small world. Dude, when you find people who have Northland connections, you lose your mind because there ain't many of us. <laughs> I there are not many of us. Nope, there oh, is not. Oh my goodness. Sorry. Yeah, I just was like mom a, wants to take us up there for family camp, and I'm like, that's a little awkward for single moms, but whatever. <laughs> They're like, wait a second, you're single? There's no wedding ring. Five kids? What's yeah. going on here? Yeah, I ran into the president of my college recently at, oh. a, at an appointment, and he was like, wait, who'd you marry? And I was like, uh, no one. <laughs> That's hilarious. But, but I fostered to adopt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, like yeah. I just went on him. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, so. it's always funny to see people's reactions. So People will comment okay. on me having all girls, and they'll be like, oh, your husband must be whatever, blah, blah, blah. And my daughter will be like, we don't have a dad. <laughs> What's a dad? <laughs> What's a, oh, my goodness. It's my dad. <laughs> so, anywho, bring this one back full circle. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> 
normally it's me chasing the rabbit. But we we, we did say we rabbit trail a lot. <laughs> we I found a Northland relationship. So so check this out, Beth. I have actually have some old Northland friends that I went to school with that apparently listen to the podcast too. So this is just kind of funny that. Oh, that funny. This is coming full circle, but at least you didn't go to Maranatha. So I'm, I'm just yeah. <laughs> my my other sister went to Maranatha. <laughs> uh, did any of them go to Bob Jones? Uh, no, my oh. sister went to Pillsbury first, and then they and then closed. They, they down closed. Yep. Over to Maranatha. That's wow. funny. Yeah. Yeah, I had a lot of yeah. friends who transferred to Northland from Pillsbury, but um, but so so I want to chase this rabbit a little bit. So you mentioned yeah. going out in public with your kids. Yeah. How does that work? Like this is just honest, uh, honest questions. I have to use a stroller or they will all run in different directions. Um, we don't do because my oldest daughter, she can't walk basically between 30 and 45 minutes of walking. She's done. So we can't go to the zoo without other help. Or we can't go to the aquarium or anything because I live near Gatlinburg. So there's lots of things to do around here. So if it includes a lot of walking, um, I can't go without another adult or helper, um, uh, which I have, we have several friends around here that we love to oh, just cool. do stuff with. So, and then, and then, to cut, um, then to cut you off, are your parents yeah. down there with you? Or are they still up no. in Indiana? So my parents, um, after my senior year of high school, my parents moved to Kentucky for a new ministry down there. And then I sat at a year before I went to college and then I was like, yeah, it's not really home for me. And we don't have any um, family in the area that I grew up in. So I never really had felt like anywhere was home. And then once I got a job here and started living here, I love it here in Knoxville. So Knoxville's home for me, but my parents live, um, they're in Illinois, but near St. Louis. And Knoxville's like what, 45 minutes away from Gatlinburg? Yeah. Something like that. Something, yeah, so, so, yeah. so you're down there rocking it with no parent support and just friends. Yeah, I have no family wow. in the state of Tennessee. Wow. I have one sister in Kentucky and one sister in Michigan. Wow. So, and yeah. you're just rocking it down there. <laughs> I'm doing something. Sure. You're doing, you're doing <laughs> something. So, so whenever you go out in public, oh, that sounds really bad to word it that way. But, but when you go out for activities with all the kids, unless it's like a neighborhood walk, people always have to come with you. Yeah, most of the time. I go to, well, with all of our appointments, um, I just take everybody with us and they, my pediatrician knows me and they reserve the biggest room for me every time. And they just hang wow. out. Because I got my that's, that's a full-time job in itself, just getting kids loaded in the car and unloaded. I know that with three kids and it's like very difficult. And you're talking about five kids and, and one of them is very special needs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She's my that's, biggest helper, though. She's so very um, capable. She just has a few limitations, but she's yeah. very capable. She's my biggest helper. This morning, I tried to stay in bed as long as possible. She got all the babies out of their cribs and got them their cups of milk and had the movie on. And I was like, just watch a movie and leave me alone. <laughs> she loves it. <laughs> that's, that's so awesome. cool. So when oh, yeah. you when you go to church, then do you? Mm -hmm. or I should say I, I saw again. I, I did my homework. But I saw that, you know, your guys' church is doing live stream as well. So you guys were able yep. to do that. But do you take your kids to church every Sunday? Uh, if nobody's sick. <laughs> if, well, yeah. Yep. Which we've had some struggles with sickness in the past year. I've had three kids hospitalized for different things. So um, 
it's been a struggle, but uh, yeah, we go to church and I walk in and people steal my kids and I'm like, all right, bye. <laughs> Isn't that, but that's the way the church is supposed to be. Bro, oh yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Like, I love it. Like, I mean, obviously being a staffer is a little different, but like people would come up to me like, where's Elliot? I'd be like, I don't know where, where's all the teenage girls. Cause that's probably where. Right. That's, no, or that's Evie, exactly like, how it is. Which one awesome. of my daughters um, is mixed and my church, we have a lot of people who have adopted through foster care or from Haiti. And so all the, there's a ton of Haitian girls about the same age that are teenagers that just adore Mia. She is mm. they're just always doting over her and just That's awesome. Her. So can I it's, ask it's what awesome. church do you go to down in Knoxville? Sorry. Say that again. Uh, what church do you go to down there? Um, it's called Whitestone Church. We're just a, we're a fairly, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what church. Oh, are you guys a church plant? Uh, yeah, kind of. Um, I guess we, we don't have a building or anything. We meet in a local boys and girls club. Um, but I started going there about three, actually within three years ago this weekend. So. Hey, that's about the same amount of time I've been going to our church, Mark. About oh, three years. Has, no, it has not been three years yet. Yes, it, yeah, it's been three years now. It was wow. three years. Uh, I think it's this week or next week. It's three years. That's insane, yeah. dude. Like that's crazy to think about. Crazy to think yep. about. Uh, but no, it's just it's just. I was mainly curious from this angle where you know, like you hear of a lot of these. At least here in Michiana, um, we have some massive mega churches. And if you have a kid with special needs or um, single mom with a bunch of kids, these churches are prepared and equipped to, to come alongside you, your family, and your kid. So I was just curious if that was kind of what you experienced or if you were in more of a smaller church that was more homey feel and everyone's just a big yeah, family. Yeah, I'm in definitely in a more, in a smaller church where it's definitely more homey. Um, I tried a couple mega, well, not mega churches, but bigger churches here in Knoxville. Yeah, you're in the Bible Belt. They're probably mega for up here. Oh yeah. They're, <laughs> they're just everywhere. So I've tried a couple of those, but it, I don't, I don't know. Whitestone just really clicked with me. The people there are just very real and open and very brutally honest with their own lives and their own walk with the Lord. And it just really spoke to me because um, kind of where my background coming from the whole, the kind of I want to be careful of how I say this, but putting a face, you know, your best face forward. Oh, we talk about this all the time on this show. We talk about it all the time. So kind of that legalistic trying to step away from that, but people are so not that at my church. They're just, they're very true to the story that the Lord's been writing for them and their part in it as well. And it's just, it was just very comforting to kind of walk into that. Hmm. That's super cool. It's a ragamuffin church. That's what it is. Oh yes. (laughs) Some people refer to us as white stoners, so. <laughs> white stoners. Yes. Nice. Nice. Well, it's, we have living stoners up here, so. Yes, we do. <laughs> I refer to, to people like Mark and I as ragamuffins. Like, you know Rich Mullins, right? You heard of Rich Mullins? No. Dude, she's a fundy. Oh. She don't know. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know until I met you. He, he's a he's a he was a Christian artist back in the 80s. Died really. He, I think he died at like 28 or 29 in a car accident. Oh, wow. But uh, very young. But he always referred to himself as a ragamuffin, which is a person who uh, has a lot of mistakes and owns up to the mistakes and doesn't try to put that that legalistic fake face on, but is yeah. who he is. 
but has a passionate heart to live for God. It's called the Ragamuffin. That's awesome. I yep. love that. The Ragamuffin yeah. Gospel was the book that was written about him, I believe. And the movie. Yep. Yep. I've heard of that. Yep. 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 That's yep. Rich Mullins. Well, hey, so, so I don't want to keep your time too much, sir, because I know you got to. Well, we we got to give you some you time. Mama needs some. Mama needs some time to take yeah. care of herself. We know that. But so, so there's a couple more questions, and we'll, we'll land the plane. But um, you know, we talked a lot about, um, and and I know you share this a lot in your Instagram. Like your Instagram is about as raw as they can get, where you talk about, I'm stressed, I'm tired, I don't know how to do this. We've been sitting in a car, and then this and this and this and this and this. Is that? I, I should ask this. Um, why do you share your story on Instagram? Like, is it something where it's more to keep yourself sane to let other people hear it? I'm, I'm just curious because obviously me and Fuller are not influencers at all. Yeah. So the, I guess the biggest part of me sharing my story and kind of um, working, I'm working on a blog. I haven't been able to publish it yet, but um, just kind of people kind of make me out to be a wonder woman per se. And people always tell me, Oh, you're just a super mom. You're this and that. I'm like, no, I'm a regular mom. Just like you. I have struggles just like you. We all kind of suck at parenting on some level. And people, I know I've done this with people I've admired for what they're doing is that I kind of put them on a pedestal and I just, I'm like, Oh, I, I admire them so much. I could never do that though. And while yes, it's overwhelming and yes, it's that it's just the same struggles that you have, even as a parent with a spouse and fewer children or whatever. And I think just that me being vulnerable is just a way of connecting with people as well, because community is something we need as, as Christians, as parents, as everybody, we need community. And I, you know, being raised on a, in a legalistic church that raw and vulnerable side was never shared and so i think it's just part of my way of trying to be true to the story that god's giving me and just working through that and connecting with people and hearing that you know i've had people message me and be like oh i i've thought the same thing but i didn't know i was supposed to my i had a friend the other day message me i have a new foster kid and i don't i don't enjoy spending time with her and i'm like dude i don't like my kids for months and just connecting with people and making people not feel like they're horrible people because that mom guilt first of all is just the worst it's overwhelming and I just want other people to know that they're not alone because that's one of my biggest struggles as well. That's super hmm. cool. That that's super cool. Hey Fuller, any qu more questions from you, my friend? Uh, the only other question I have is if people are thinking about fostering to adopt, um, how would they go about it? And uh, what kind of mindset do you have to have going into it? Yeah. So fostering to adopt is kind of a, I don't know what the word would be, but it's kind of not a real term, though. Uh, you, when you go into foster care, you go into foster and fostering with well, the main goal is reunification. So I think the biggest mindset that needs to happen is to have the focus on embracing the biological parents. So I worked with all the biological parents that um, were open to it. Some of them were open to it. Okay. Oh, we Sorry. have a visitor. Hi. 
Okay, go back. This That's way. okay. We we can edit this, this out. Is, That's okay. This is, this, no, this this is, is actually true. Right? This is real life. Okay kid, my kids this have interrupted again. me. <laughs> um. So yeah. So I worked with biological parents and connected with them, and I've mentored one, and that it just they were that one ended up surrendering, so I could adopt instead of dragging it out. Um, and so when you go into foster care, that's the main goal. If you were to foster to adopt, there are very specific agencies you have to go through. And then those kids, um, are already legally free, which means their parents have already had their rights terminated. So it foster to adopt is very, very rare to straight away do. So a lot of the times you still have to go through with visits and you still have to, um, work with biological parents, which I think is really, really important because, I mean, I just had a conversation with um, my daughter, Sadie, this morning because she, I mean, she hasn't seen her her biological dad in almost four years and her biological mom almost three years. And she just started crying and was like, I miss my old parents. And we had a whole conversation and I was able to have an honest conversation about how I knew that they did love her, but they just couldn't make the right choices. And yeah because I did truly make that relationship with their biological mom, I'm, I'm able to look them in the eye and be like, I tried, mm. I did my part. I yeah. honored you in honoring them and I will continue to honor them. I will be honest about their stories, but I won't bash their parents ever. Yeah. So that's, a, that's my biggest wow. thing with Foster. Yes. I only adopted. I didn't get to, see a reunification story happen but that's that's very very rare so so, so how do you handle a tender heart like that and and even bring in the gospel into it because i've met some kids where it's like you know god ain't good because he let me be involved in this situation so do you have you had those types of conversations with the girls yet yeah my oldest is very mature when um she came to live with me she was basically raising the other one. Um, her sister was two years younger is, is two years younger than her. And, um, so she's very, very mature. And so we've had those conversations and one thing reunification, you know, is a beautiful picture of redemption, but so is adoption. Mm. And so looking at redemption is their story, not being taken away, not being doing this, not, not the, all the bad stuff, but redemption and how God's using, all the bad stuff in their life for his glory and how God could use being returned to biological parents for his glory as redemption and um, for the parents and for the children to be redeemed into a, a complete family again. But God can also use adoption because just as we are adopted in his family to see that God used um, God's love is greater than all the, the bad parts of our story. <laughs> That's it right yeah, there, man. Definitely. Yeah. I couldn't have said it. I mean, I'm like, how do you end a podcast any better than that? But Fuller, any more questions for Beth from you? Uh no, I I other than, you know, how how would people get in contact with you if they had any further questions? Are you open to people asking you further questions? Yeah. So I am very open on Instagram. My Instagram handle is Schneider Ladies. And it's spelled S-C-H-N-E-I-D-E-R, and then ladies. And then um, also schneiderladies at Gmail. 
Uh, I love to talk with people and I'm very obviously open with my story and sharing details and um, while also trying to respect my children's stories and just, I love to, I love to talk to people, people. I love people. <laughs> I'm an Enneagram too. So awesome. Well, Mark, do you got anything else for, for Beth? No, I'm, I, I'm just sitting here. Wow. I, I just, I just want to say wow. that it's very refreshing to see, uh, the love of Jesus displayed in this manner. And I know it's hard and I'm not, I'm not trying to put you up on a pedestal, Beth. But we're yeah. going to, you know, we are called to as Christians, as disciples, as followers of the way to love on the sick, love on the poor, love on the orphans, love on the widows. And, and you're doing that. You're living Christ's commandments out. And not only that, but you're willing to talk with people that may be thinking along the same line of doing something like that or struggling with the same things. And you're having those open, honest dialogues. And it's very refreshing for me to see that. Uh, people in the church, the the followers of the way are are still going about Jesus's work. It's very awesome and and awing to me to continue to hear these types of stories. So, thank you very much. For yeah, being on. thank you, thank you. And, and this is you know it's bringing it the the. I guess the angle that I'm looking at it, you know, as, as a pastor, and you know, Beth, you said you come from a line of pastors as well. It's one of those things yeah. where it's it's very easy to preach something, but then when it's time to walk it out, it's really hard. And, and I'm learning that with a lot of areas in my life. And so it's super cool that, you know, you know, I preach so many times, you know, to my teenagers where it's like, what's true religion? No, it's not going to church. It's looking after widows and orphans in their distress. Like that's what we see. Mm -hmm. And so that caused our student ministry. Like we, we sponsor a compassion child. Cause I'm like, that's the bare minimum that we can do. And, and, just, and just, so to see someone like you who, who wants to step into the gap, you know, we talk about reach out to the poor, the broken, the marginalized and all these different things. And you were like, no, I'm not just going to reach. I'm going to open my doors. I'm going to open be my the own. hands and feet going to be the hands legitimate hands and feet of Jesus. So, yeah. um, so I'm, I'm, there's been a, just so you know, Beth, there's been a lot of excitement around this episode. Uh, I've been talking with some of my friends and some of my teens, and they're very excited to hear this story. So um, from both Fuller and I and the whole RTC family, seriously, thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Is there anything else, Beth, that you want to say or add on? Yeah, you can be involved in foster care without actually fostering. Sometimes the opportunity, um, our lives are not ready for it or whatever, but also don't overthink it because even if you live in a 700 square foot apartment that smells like pot, you can still foster. <laughs> if it's not your pot. Uh, yep. That's I all. just people overthink God's will sometimes and just go until God stops you sometimes. It's what it's all you need to do. Mm -hmm. I love it. Very I love it. Well, hey guys, so I will put a lot of this in the show notes. I'll include the fervent Bible study, the ragamuffin gospel links, the best Instagram handle Schneider ladies, as well as Schneider ladies at Gmail dot com and so and, and make sure you reach out to her let her know that that you were thankful to hear her story and and to see if there's any way you can be an encouragement to her but before we let you go beth we do something here on this show and our listeners know we do fun facts with fuller but you informed us before we recorded that this is going to be a fun facts with fuller and a fun facts with beth oh yes I, I think we should let the guests go. I first. think we need to let the guests go, not because you're a lady and we're sexist. We're just being polite <laughs> to the to, to the to the guest. So, 
But Beth, do you really like, do you have a fun fact that you just whip out? I do. It is my go-to and it's always the conversation builder. Oh, here we go. (laughs) All right, let's hear it. All right. Rhinos communicate by pooping. (laughs) That is awesome. That's that is what? as good as and that is as good as the lobsters peeing on each other to communicate. I, I learned it. that at the Indianapolis Zoo in tenth grade biology field trip. And that's so that's that was the all only takeaway of that trip right there. It really was. You don't know how that excited is, I am about this, Beth. We just got a white rhino at our zoo, and my son's been losing his mind over it. So when I get to tell him, "Hey, buddy," when the rhino poops, he's talking to you. Like this, I'm just, awesome. I'm so excited. So 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 here's here's what I want to hear, Fuller. Can you top that? I don't know if I can top that. Can you top that, dude? You know, we got a guest on. I'll behave myself. I won't do anything. And then she whips that out, and it's like, all right, mine's kind of stupid. I should have gone first, but uh, (laughs) I will I will try to follow up here. All right, Beth and Mark, did you know that baby sea otters can't swim? Do you guys know that? Interesting. Their moms will wrap them in pieces of kelp while they hunt until the buoyant pups learn how to paddle around on their own. A raft of otters will also hold hands while they are sleeping so they don't drift apart. Aw, that's so cute. That's the, that's, the, that's the fun fact. Yeah, but it's not as funny. But it's, it's not so a, it's, cute. I think Beth was had a better one. The rhinos <laughs> communicate by pooping. That was that was that's my new favorite. I like it. But the, <laughs> the the best thing about this whole thing, though, was just the simple fact that they were both animals. That, like yeah, both fun pretty, facts were animal. Well, hey, if you got a fun fact you want to share with us and you would want it featured on the podcast, let us know. We have not requested one of those for a while, so that'd be a lot of fun. But hey, make sure you reach out to us um, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Real Talk Christian Podcast. Shoot us an email, Real Talk Christian Podcast at Gmail. Dot com. We would love for you to leave a rating and review, and please, please, please reach out to Beth Schneider and the girls over at Schneider Ladies. Beth, it has been an honor and a privilege. So thank you. Thank you for giving us thank your time you, tonight. Beth. Thank you for having me. All right. But hey, guys, until next time. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to Real Talk Christian. To help get our podcast into the ears of other people who need to hear these conversations, we would love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. To keep the conversations going, feel free to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and share our content with others. See you next time.